And welcome to this episode of the Cleanup on Isle Me podcast. My name is Nick. I am your host. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the show. For more information about the show, you can reach out to us at onisle.me. That's O-N-A-I-S-L-E dot M-E. Onisle.me. For information about what we do, we have podcasts, we have articles, we have reviews, we have a great series on um just incredible things that are on our website right now you go check that out and uh, you'll be very impressed with what we have you can also look at our store we have some great great designs that have been designed by one of our very own and um, you can go check that out at on aisle.me i hope you guys have a great day and enjoy this week's episode All right, on today's show, I have one of my dearest friends from my past, and I'm very excited to welcome him on the show. His name is Dylan. Dylan, say what's up. Go Tigers. <laughs> I had a feeling, I had a feeling something Clemson was going to come. <laughs> of course. Oh my goodness. Are, are, you, are you sad that your Clemson Tigers didn't get a chance to prove themselves in the NCAA tournament? Yes, because we were going to be the Cinderella. I'm not gonna lie. They were, they were, they were. They were you know, on my thing about that whole tournament getting canceled was more or less because the last basketball game that got played was Carolina and Syracuse. Right. I was like, all right, well, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize they were being. Um, it's it was gonna be that way, but it it, it is yeah. what it is. Um, are you ready for football yeah. season? Are they gonna have fans? Uh, I hope so, because. That's probably not the same without fans. So. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset that it just everything's kind of just threw me for a loop here for a little bit because I'm just not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, Clemson canceled all their summer program stuff, so. Man. No summer camps, no cookout. Well, all that jazz. If, if you're a listener of this show already, you have found out that Dylan is a Clemson fan. So, we we <laughs> yeah. know we we can we can. We can get that out of the way. Dylan's also a um, – he has a heart for church planning and being at churches and doing stuff like that. And I, and I thought that this would be a great episode to kind of bring him on to discuss, you know, this pandemic and, um, and what it's doing to churches and what it's making them do. And, honest, and honestly, just talking about a proper response from the church during a pandemic. So, um, you know, honestly, Dylan, what's your thoughts on this whole pandemic in general? Uh, what, what do you think what, – what, how do you think it's going about when it comes to the church? Like, do you think the church is responding, re- responding properly, or do you think there's work that the church needs to do? Um, so, I, I guess there's still work that the church needs to do. Um, I think a majority of the church is – doing well and, and adapting to the changes that need to be need to be made uh, with driving church or doing uh, some form of a, of a home church via Facebook Live uh, or Zoom or, or whatever. Um, but the, you always see posts on, on social media of normally independent fundamental Baptist pastors ranting and raving about how they're the they're the right ones because they're still meeting 
all the other ones are uh, sissies that are bound down to the government. Um, so, I mean, honestly, we, we should be adult enough to not have the government telling us we can't meet, but at the same time, uh, given the, the circumstance, uh, I, I think most of the church is, is doing well to, to handle it. So it's, it's been interesting to uh, go to my in-laws and, and have church there while my father-in-law preaches on Facebook. So, but it's been it's been good though. You know, you know my th- my thing about it. I I completely you know I I've watched you know we do drive-in church where we're at right now, and um, the biggest thing that we've learned is we've actually had an increase in people that come. Um, right, so we've had. We've had an increase in people giving. Yeah, yeah, we, we we noticed that too. You know, I don't. Why do you think that is? I have, I have no idea. Um, like, you know, my father's not saying anything different than what he does on the Sundays. That, you know, that we've been able to meet in the church building. Like, that, nothing's changed as far as what he says, the way he approaches giving and, and thanking people for giving and pointing out what the money goes to and what it helps the church do. Like none of that has changed, but there's been an uptick in money coming in and, and tithes coming in. Um, and I, I don't I don't even know where to begin to try to put my finger on that. It's 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 so wild. I, you know the biggest one of the one of the things I noticed is, you know, you, you have a lot of people that are kinda kinda saying the church is wrong for meeting and things like that. And, and then we had the drive-in yeah. church and, and, you know, it's really become, I hate to say a bloodbath, but it, it really has yeah. because it's, it's, it's people have taken this, you, you would, a, a virus of, of this kind, I guess it's, it's taken its toll, I guess, on a lot of people. So it's making people kind yeah. of go insane in their houses <laughs> and people kind yeah. of want to get back out. You know, I had a plan, I had a trip yeah. to Disney plan, you know, I was supposed to be there a week ago and I was upset yeah. that I missed it. Um, but you know, we've had drive-in church and everything and it's been going really well. One of the things that I yeah. noticed with church plants, and I guess you might, you would probably know a little bit more about church plants than I would, why it, uh, church plants are finding it harder to survive on this. They're finding it harder to kind of keep their doors open. Um, is it, is it because of the virus? And I, you know, I think it is, but at the same time, you know, I, I think yeah. that, after all the dust is settled, when we kind of go back yeah. to nor- like a year from now, honestly, when everything goes back to a really a, a normality, what do you yeah. think it's going to look like? So my, my hope, and this has been my hope for a very long time, uh, is that the church would go back to her roots and would begin looking at the church not as a building, uh, but as a, as a people. So it's great to have a building, um, and it's great to have the ability to gather in in groups of a hundred or more. That's a, that's a great thing. Yeah. But I think for the vast majority of, of churches, church has been about going to a building. It's we're going to church, and and so their their reaction, the the ones that are they're lamenting other churches, supposedly bowing down to the government and having church online instead of 
in person, I think are the ones who are still holding on to that mentality of if we can't meet in the church building, then we're not actually having church. And yeah, so that's, that's I'm, interesting. I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that through all of this, we will see a surplus of church being planted from people's homes, like the neighborhoods coming together and people starting churches in their community versus saying, I'm going to go, you know, to the nice part of town and try to start a church in a storefront or in an old abandoned church building or warehouse or whatever, but just say, you know what? I have 300 or so people in my neighborhood. There's a good chance that most of them don't go to church. They don't know the gospel. So why don't I just start something here and let it grow organically? And, you know, if in some time in the future we're able to come across the building, then be great, we'll do that. But in the meantime, let's train leaders to take the gospel into their community and to make disciples in their home instead of relying on a handful of seminary trained men to do it professionally. Yeah, I, and, I, and, it's, and it's not that I'm against seminary. Like I have a seminary degree. Like I've, I've spent most of my adult life pursuing pastoral ministry in this capacity. But all the time I've been, I've been saying like we need to prepare for a house church type model because of something like this, something similar to this. And I think the church has been wildly unprepared for it. Yeah, you know the dry, the 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 house church thing's interesting because, you know, I I'm familiar with it, and you know, I, I think that house church would probably be, you know, that's a New Testament thing. You know, that's that's that stuff they did back then, and you know, yeah. we're, we're sitting here now. There's a lot of people out there that think that um that that church will never be the same and that church will there's, uh-huh. there's one guy i've read that says that church will be a blank slate after this so they can kind of change i hope so. one of the change um i, I really hope so uh, yeah th- this is this is a good time like we we were we were looking at service orders and, and how our church has kind of changed yeah. service orders in the last two weeks or a month now and everything's shorter and it's, it's been going much better than i thought it could go yeah um you know i i don't you know, we, we talk about the church stuff, but how do you think normal life's going to be? Like, do you think we're going to shake hands anymore? I really don't. I, I have I have no clue, but, like, working in banking, it's changed, but it's gotten, it's gotten worse. Like, all the time there are people coming in that really should not be out. Like, so, I think it's going to change the way we approach life and hopefully for the better Um, hopefully at at very minimal people will begin to realize just how precious life is and that the time that they spend with their friends and their family is is more valuable than sitting at home watching Hulu or Netflix or whatever Um, and so I guess just things like that. I, I hope will change for the better. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Because you know we've gotten to a point now. Uh, you know we talk about how everybody was attached to their screens before, 
Yeah. And everyone was attached to their all this stuff. And I feel like this was, you know, we, we've had an episode before and we've talked about it in my youth group, but we, we've talked about resetting. We've talked about what we need in order for yeah. things to have like the change. I feel like I hate to say that a virus could be a reset, but a virus could not only yeah. be a reset for church, but a reset for people in general. Um, yeah. Because what you just said, you know, life is much more valuable than sitting at home and doing those things. And, you know, uh, you know, people have, people have, you know, use this as an opportunity to kind of get outside and walk around and stuff like that, right. and, you know, and walking in a park or something like that and doing social distancing, obviously. But like, I think I've, I've noticed recently the art of sleep. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a sleeper and I'm not one that likes yeah. to sleep a lot. So this, I, yeah. I mean, I love my sleep, but I, before I was working like a lot. So it was hard for me to kind of get sleep. I've learned in the last yeah. month that I need sleep and that, you know, the la- I think yeah. last night I slept like more than, I think it slept more than like 10 hours. I never sleep 10 hours, 10 plus hours. Yeah. I normally sleep about eight yeah. to nine, but 10, 10, 11, I'm not used to that. So I think this right. is, this is our reset physically. And, yeah. and you know, I don't know. I, I think mentally we're going to change completely too, because we're going to change from, I don't know. I've, I've thought about the spiritual reset and I've thought about the physical reset. The mental resets, the one that's always been on my mind where I don't, I don't know how this is going to change me yeah. mentally because I'm not there yet. We're not in the part where it's changing. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I, I'm worried. I'm worried for the older people that are just, you know, at their homes and not really doing anything. And, um, it's hard to kind of get, understand where they're coming from because I'm not, I'm not in their yeah. position. Yeah, I mean, um, everything, know, I, everything in their life is, is changing rapidly. And it's one thing to introduce social media and introduce a multi-site church where you might go to a local campus and your senior pastor is not physically preaching in front of you. Um, and it's one thing to you know, accept the reality that you have to do all of your bank transactions and things like that through a window versus coming in and, and sitting down, but it's, it's completely different to have all of that come at once, you know, and, and not have time to adjust the thing a little bit at a time, but to be essentially thrown in the fire and say, you know what, you either have to stay home or you have to adapt to this, this change. And so I, I, I no doubt that the elderly community is, struggling with this more than perhaps anyone else yeah and you know i'm i, I don't know how to you know we're, we were talking about doing drops on my grandparents um front porches with like food and stuff and yeah. things that they can need and yeah. i think that's the best way to kind of reach out to them and um, yeah and, and it's it's just it's kind of it's kind of disheartening but um you know uh i guess anything else you want to talk about when it comes to the pandemic before i move on um i guess the best the best thing I've seen so far from it um, came from Mark Dever, and, and he was talking about the way that the church and specifically pastors will have to address society now. Um, it used to be you know, Democrat and Republican or conservative and liberal, but now it's going to be open up, open up the country, open up the economy versus keep it close to keep people protected um, and that's going to be that's going to be a radical change for pastors i think um, 
because it makes the divide wider in a sense because there are there are people on both sides conservative and liberal who who want to open up the country or who want to keep it closed for a time and so it used to be you're just pitting the two groups against each other but now you're pitting people within the two groups against each other and those are they're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and so if we can keep that from becoming a gospel issue, um, I think I think we can we can overcome this and we can uh, excel through uh, through this. Yeah, I I totally agree. You know, I I think that um, I hope that it ends sooner rather than later. But I think people should just be careful. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just a matter of just being careful and, and wearing a mask like people tell you to. I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> of I'm course inside not. all day. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, anyway, no. you know, um, you know well, I, I, do, have a, I have I, a... Do what doing? I, I do see people come up to my window without a mask on and then put the mask on to hand me their check and then they take their mask right back off to drive away. <laughs> um, even though even though there's like bulletproof glass and stuff between that's me and them, they're not even making contact with me. But, you know. That is that is pointless. <laughs> right? So it's humorous though. Um you know, me me and Dylan go way back. And uh, the biggest the biggest thing with me and Dylan in the past was Christian hip hop. Now uh, I can't I can't not talk to Dylan and talk about Christian rap. Um, right. Who is your favorite person right now? Uh, either NF or KB. NF or KB. Now, now, and I know you hate NF. Why, why, why those two choices? First of all, why NF? <laughs> uh, NF is amazing. He's, um, he's like, he's literally Eminem without all the profanity. So, I mean, what about KB? Why KB? Because uh, he's he was the best artist for for Reach for a very long time. Yeah, and I, I just like his I like his beats. I like his lyrics. All of that is far and above better, I think, than than anyone else. Yeah, uh, within it, Reach, it's it's hard to believe that now. But you know, yeah. you listen to Armies, that new song he just released, and I'm like, who yeah. is this guy? Like, it's yeah, it's so. It's so different, and it's, it's not necessarily yeah. different, but, like, it's almost like people are like, oh, crap, who is this guy? And they're yeah. like, oh, this guy was on Reach for, like, however many years, 10 years? But remember, we saw him. We saw him in Raleigh. Oh, no, it was at Charlotte. Yeah. It was at Charlotte the second time he went at, uh, at the Fillmore. And he was amazing. He was, like, what, he was, like, 22, 23 then? Yeah, he was so good. And, you know, I remember seeing, you know, me and Dylan, we're, we're the, I think we saw our first Christian rap concerts. Well, I saw my first Christian rap concert with him in 2010 in Raleigh at the fairgrounds. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about that concert? Oh, I remember it was what, like 5,000 something people. And we had DJ that rammed us to the front. Cause he's like six, three and Corner from the pound. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember getting there really early. And yes. 
I remember like Sitting that outside. was the start of the tradition of getting to those things early. Because yep. I think after that we've What's been to like we've been to so many of those things now that we get there just early every time. Yep. And I, w- I took Danny to see Andy at Gardner Webb um, before we got married. Man, I think that's I, the only concert. That's the only concert I've been to without you. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's because I remember. Because they they they're different now, you know. We went unashamed tour yeah. last year, and I, you know, that's a that's an interesting thing to talk about. Like, what do you think? What's the biggest difference from that first one we went to in 2010 to the one we went to last year, nine years later? Oh man, um, I think maybe the atmosphere. Um, there was there was something unique about the first concert that we went to, and it could be that that was my first real Christian hip-hop concert, unless you count Grits at Wear Jam back when I was in, like, fifth grade. Oh, my gosh, Grits. Um, yeah, they came to Asheville. <laughs> it was great. Wow. But I, the, the atmosphere was was amazing. Um, and, I, and, like, maybe, it's, maybe it comes with growing attention because I noticed that even with Clemson football, like, the first ever Clemson football game I went to, it was deafening. But they were also playing a ranked Florida State team. Like the, the season was, was on the line in a sense. Like this was a make or break game for them. But now you go to the game and people aren't as rowdy. They're not as loud. It's not as deafening whenever they're on defense. And it's because they've gotten so good. And maybe the same thing is true for the guys that reach like they, they've reached a capacity in popularity where they don't have to rely on hopping the crowd up for their songs to convey the, the sense that it's supposed to convey. Yeah, I, re- I, I remember seeing KB for the first time. And I remember the last year, you could tell how much he's matured. And um, yeah, and, and you know, I hate to say it, but I think I've seen I've seen Lecrae more than any of them, just because that's mm-hmm. the one that's the biggest one, and I've seen him more than any of them. I've never seen. I mean, I've seen him mature. He's gotten better, obviously, but like I've never I've never seen a difference between a person yeah. like I have with like Andy and KB and Tadashi and Shrek. Yeah, like all of the yeah. original ones. Well, KB's not KB and Andy aren't really originals, but they've been there for long enough. But they've matured so yeah. much that you. Can, I mean, I'm looking at Triple E's book Rise on my my desk right now. You know, I think um, they've they've all grown up, and it's so cool to see that. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah. I I love them, and I'm really excited to see what KB does because KB's becoming a favorite of mine. Yeah, I still have KB's. Um, mixtape or EP or whatever it was, who is KB on my flash drive in my yeah. car that I play around again. I still have that one. That was so, a good it's got the Lion King one on it. That Lion King song. Yeah. Lighter fluids yep. on there. That Don't Waste Your Life um remix, remix? that he did. Yes. Head to the Heavens is on there. Like there was so many he he was he was doing some great stuff before then. You know honestly the Reach guys are yep. great but Shy Lin and and guys like that don't get enough credit for how good they are. Um, Shailene is amazing. He is, he's ridiculous. Um, they're, they're Him and Brendel and Braille. Braille oh, is yeah, one of my Braille favorite, so like, 
Pharrell's probably my favorite, like, I guess, underground guy. Like, the one that nobody really hypes up a lot. Yeah. Because he's cool. so good. Yep. Well, um, Dylan, it was so good to talk to you, and um, I'm glad you were you on too. today. And um, I, hope that, uh, I hope that you'll be on soon. You can talk to the guys. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Dylan. Anytime. Well, have a good day, man. You too. See ya. Again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Clean Up on Aisle podcast. I was your host, Nick, and uh, thank you for listening. And you can find us online at onisle.me. That is www.onisle.me. Um, that's O-N-A-I-S-L-E dot M-E, onisle dot me. You can find us at wherever you listen to a podcast. On our website, there's all kinds of different articles you can read from. There's, there's a great insight from Sean recently um, on weight loss, and it's just incredible. Um, it's great to read. And uh, just go over there and listen to um, great podcasts and read some great content. More is coming, I promise. So um, just thank you for being patient with us. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.